Welcome to episode number 14 of the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring one of the co-writers of the new film Birdman, Alexander Donleris, directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Enriato. Birdman is the story of Regan Thompson, a washed-up movie star who decides to mount an ambitious stage play on Broadway while seeing visions of Birdman, a character he played in multiple superhero movies in the past. Brilliantly played by Michael Keaton, Riggin Thompson goes up against his co-star Edward Norton, a theater veteran, along with Zach Alfanakis, his business manager, and his daughter, played by Emma Stone. On today's podcast, we discuss the development of the script, which included co-writer and director Alejandro gonzalez Herniarto, Alexander Danleris, Nicholas Giacombane, and Armando Bo and the challenges both for the actors and crew of the long takes in Birdman, which would sometimes go up to 10 minutes in length. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, please visit jogroadproductions.com. And you can follow us on Twitter for the latest updates, at jogroad. And now we join our conversation with screenwriter Alexander Donleris as he discusses the creation of Riggin Thompson as a character, and the innovative production style of Birdman. I wanted to ask you about the development of Riggin Thompson as a character and how important that was in crafting the entire narrative of Birdman as a whole. Uh, you mean Regan Thompson as a character? Uh, yeah, as a character, uh, and also even having the idea of using Michael Keaton in that part. You know, it wasn't, people have asked us whether or not we were, whether we wrote it sort of with Michael Keaton in mind, um, which really wasn't the case, um, honestly. Um, we, we knew the script, we wrote the script, we were well into the first draft when we started talking about potential actors for the part. Um, and when Michael's name came up, it just was a really sort of perfect fit, but in retrospect, I know sometimes given the content, people find that hard to believe because of the sort of Birdman, Batman parallels, but it really was the case. We just said, you know, we were at a table, and the four of us, uh, Alejandro, myself, Nico, and Armando, and we were just talking about it for the first time as far as, you know, the idea of casting was, and, and we, you know, it just came up, and I was, you know, it would be perfect for this is Michael Keaton because... You know, one, he's immensely likable as a, as, a, as a person and an actor. Two, he has the history that comes with this. Three, he's got a brilliant sense of humor and, and sort of no matter what he does, you, you, you could still have the audience on your side. And we knew that Regan was going to, we we're going to do some questionable things and say some questionable things. Uh, and we knew Michael would win the day. Now, in the end, we couldn't have predicted how perfect he would be. Um, because I think if you ask any of us, we don't imagine this movie is nearly successful without Michael in that role. Yeah. So that was just one of those really fortunate, um, not accidents, but fortunate uh, happenings that, that he was available, that he was he liked it and he was interested in that, and that the match was so good. Did, uh, did the narrative of Birdman sort of uh, emanate from the creation of Regan as a character, or did you kind of have the conception of the world of theater and going through the play as the as the as the beginning of when you started crafting the story. Yeah, well, Alejandro was was very clear on this was a, a really a matter of form following function, um, and and Alejandro had a very clear idea about doing a film in one take 
um, that sort of adrenalizing view. Um, from that, he came up and said, you know, that the theater uh, would be an interesting place, and, and I agreed because the theater has that sense of being live, and we knew in long takes the sort of dialogue, the metaphor of the theater was going to work very well. Um, from there, Regan Thompson was born, and then I think Alejandro said in interviews, and I think what we were all examining in our midlife, you know, range, Alejandro and I, you know, mid to late 40s or 50, he's 50 now, I think, and this was going to be about us sort of ruminating our own mediocrity, um, and it was going to be a story about ego. Um, so from there, Regan was born, and then we kind of think of the possibility of alter egos, which we've been through a couple of, of iterations of, um, and then finally settled on this, this superhero because it seemed to be the, the perfect metaphor for what we wanted to say. Um, and that's how it ended up, sort of, that's the order it happened in. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about those long takes, and also, um, I believe you had the opportunity to be on the set of Birdman uh, while it was shooting, and uh, while you were on set, uh, did it seem like you had to sort of modify scenes based on the parameters of the location, and also, too, as far as the pace of the actors, because... There wasn't, there isn't really the opportunity to edit a scene like you would normally with coverage. So the, right. the pace of the actors is really so important that they're on top of each other in the lines. Um, I mean, we. This is, a, you know, this is a matter of. I don't mean to sound, you know, um, pedantic about it, but it's just a matter where you surround yourself with incredibly talented people. In this case, the actor, as, as you can see, to a man are just an incredible, and a woman, I just mean, um, are an incredibly talented bunch of people and have a real sense of, of comedic timing as well as dialogue timing in general. Um, we knew in the process of writing it, since it was gonna be continuous long takes, that most of the editing, at least writing-wise, not film-wise, because the editors of film did a magnificent job, um, but at least the writing part of, of the editing process had to be done early because we knew that 95% of what we wrote was gonna end up on the screen. What Alejandro did was he went through with Chivo and they went through a three or four week rigorous rehearsal, camera rehearsals. So we had the, we had the advantage of knowing where the camera was going to be um, so we could lay out the dialogue so we could bridge better. And then when we were on set, adjusting to the sort of genius of Zach Galvanax and Michael and Emma and the whole brilliant cast, it was, it was slight modifications because the camera was already going to do what the camera was going to do. So there wasn't a lot of room for, for a change. You yeah. know? Um, and as you said, you're writing scenes where you know you're not going to hit it later, so you, you, know, you have to live with what you have and you're never perfect. And now when you watch it, you know, Nico and I watch scenes and be like, oh, I wish we could have cut that down or change that, but there's nothing you can do that's, that's life living on the tightrope, as Alejandro calls it. Yeah, well, um, what's really incredible uh, about those long takes is that, you know, the actors are really, like, word perfect. They're just, they're just they have that rhythm going. And uh, I believe there was even, like, a long rehearsal process that went into it before the, the shooting of the film. Yeah, exactly right. And they did. They, and that's where, it's, that's where it's very similar to a play. You know, they were doing eight, nine-minute scenes and, and full of dialogue and fast dialogue and... Um, and they just, you know, sometimes people get your language and sometimes they don't. In, in our case, I do most of the dialogue because, well, other, among other things, I'm a playwright, but English is my first language. Um, so sort of sharpening it up and, and polishing it um, 
would fall to me. And then you want your actors to sort of get with them. Boy, I mean, our actors were fantastic. You know, I mean, they just got every note. And like I said, when you're working with that highest skill level, it's not hard to look good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they make they make us look awfully good. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's maybe a... more than we deserve, but. Oh no, it's an it's an incredible ensemble, and uh, I was wondering too because you you come from the world of theater, and uh, you've had a very successful career both writing and directing for stage. Uh, in the film, there seems to be this divide between theater and film in a way, especially exemplified in Mike Shiner's character. I was wondering your experience working in theater. Have you seen that divide firsthand between? sort of people either in the theater world looking down on film or just sort of separating themselves from the film world? I think there's an age-old battle between, you know, film and, and theater. The theater folk will say, well, you know, you in film, you, you get edited and you get to take it and do seven or eight takes and we just get on stage and have to plow through. And, and there's something about film actors say about stage actors, well, everything's over the top and big and there's not a lot of subtlety to it because you have to reach the back row of a huge theater and um, I think there's always been that, you know, I think since since film has found its place and sort of replaced theater as, as the storytelling medium, um, which we may be moving to television now, but um, I, I think there's always that argument for us, it just suited it, <laughs> the egos, we were going to take shots at everybody's ego, so we took shots at actors, we took shots at ourselves, we took shots at critics, um, and, and, and just having that that sort of feud between film and theater just gave us a little extra friction so we could get some comedy and some some drama out of it, you know? Yeah, I think Lindsay Duncan as the film, as the, uh, I'm sorry, as the theater critic was really incredible. The scene that she had with Michael and, you know, right at the bar and, you know, she's talking about how, you know, she's, she just she detests you know all of his you know work in film and putting it down um really an incredible speech there really an incredible scene oh thanks a lot i, I appreciate it I, I, we wanted to you know it's funny critics have responded in strange ways about this um we wanted to give an, a, a decent argument both ways and i think people especially critics can be a little sensitive because they don't get critiqued you know um but in this one, I mean, she makes a valid point, you know. She says, you come in here, you know, and you've never done theater before. You come in here just because you're a star to do your own thing, and, and you're not, not trained. And she sort of takes shots at Hollywood and says, you know, you give each other awards for cartoons and pornography. You measure your worth in weekends. And none of this is untrue. Um, so we feel like it gives her a solid argument. And then, of course, Michael comes back with his. But we knew the scene would only work if they both could fight. It was just Michael firing away. You know, Regan firing away at the critic, that scene wouldn't have worked. It just would have been one way or the other. But that she's so pointed and smart about her argument in the beginning, I think, makes it a better scene. And people seem to really respond to that scene. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why good dramas, you know, it has to have conflict on both sides, not just one, because then it's just sort of a polemic. And that's not what I think. Uh, what do you see as sort of the biggest difference for yourself uh, between writing for the stage and, and writing for film or television in terms of how you structure a piece or even uh, how you can convey certain points? Well, I think in this case, the line was more blurred than it usually is because of the long takes and the excessive dialogue. Um, I feel like the biggest difference normally is that in films, you, you, you write a film script by using images. Um, and you use dialogue hopefully only when necessary, um, as opposed to in theater, it's all dialogue driven. 
because you can't, you can't, I mean, so it's really two different forms altogether. Um, Birdman is the closest thing to, to a marriage I've ever been through in, you know, they were all in one location and around. So, so it was more like writing scenes from a play than generally, because you never generally get to write six or seven page scenes in a film, you know? Yeah, usually film scenes are very much like you're sort of like in the middle of something or, you know, somebody hasn't like entered a room and left. It's usually just sort of little pieces. But here it's you exactly. see the, the exactly. expanse pages, of everything. A page, two pages, three pages max. Um, but in this movie, we got to do the real long, the long monologues, which you never really see that many in a film. So it was very theatrical in that sense. Definitely. And um, I was wondering about the, the new television series you're working on now called The 1%, which I believe uh, the first couple episodes are going to be directed by uh, Alejandro. Is that right? Yeah, Alejandro. It's the same four creators um, from Birdman. It's Alejandro, um, Nicolas Giacobone, myself, and Armando Bo. Um, and it's uh, a series that we're that we're doing for the MRC studio on the Stars Network um, with a great cast. Um Hilary Swank, Ed Helms, Ed Harris, um, and uh, we, the writer's room opened, well, just about two weeks ago, so we're in the middle of, of writing the first season, um, wow. and sort of in the thick of it as we speak. Wow. And uh, sort of writing a, a story over such a, a long arc, uh, which I believe is probably around 10 or 12 episodes, uh, what do you think is sort of the biggest challenge in, in doing that as opposed to sort of coming from a you know, screenplay? what you said I think instead of 110 pages you're looking at 500 and you know you're looking at well for us I guess around 600 pages um, so it's it's netting out the information keeping the drama without giving everything away just making it be interesting while being in such long form um, in the end when you think about Alejandro or Nico or myself or you know we, we, we always start from from behavior from character stuff whether it's beautiful or Birdman or um, our TV show, I don't think it'll be no different. It'll be really sort of a character study. Um, that's what we're comfortable with, and that's what we're trying to attempt here. Hopefully, another you know great cast we're blessed with, just like Birdman. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll make something worthwhile out of it. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just to kind of wrap everything up, I was wondering if there's a particular moment or scene in Birdman that you that you saw when you first saw the film that you felt like you were the most proud of, and that really. Uh, was executed uh, even beyond what your expectations were when you originally wrote the script? I mean, for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the one on the dialogue and stuff, I, I think Emma Stone is sort of magical. Um, I think that her scene with Michael, it's, it's a long, tough monologue. I think she delivers it so well that, I, you know, I, I knew what it sounded like when I wrote it, and that was nothing compared to when I first saw Emma. Um, play it and I thought that was amazing and I and I do like the sort of scenes both scenes with Ed Norton and the critic and with Michael and the critic I I just like the way they play um I like the friskiness between them all um so I so I sort of enjoy that I guess those are my my favorites 